your mentor, and I'll show you the future. Would you please welcome Mr. Matt Walker? All right. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate that. Thanks, brother. All right, guys. Good to see everybody. I want to welcome you to the today's Slap Chop commercial. If you haven't noticed, I feel like the Slap Chop guy with us up here. I don't know if anybody else saw that when everyone was speaking. You guys did a great job, by the way. But when I saw this, I couldn't help think of the Slap Chop guy. So I was like, yeah, let's give me that Slap Chop microphone and we'll go from there. But uh, personal growth day. What an amazing opportunity. And I was thinking about this because I got an opportunity to meet uh, Randy earlier this year. And uh, he was talking about a personal growth day. And, and I've been around personal growth for a long time. Got great parents like Doug was talking about. And so good for you guys for investing in yourself. It's one of the greatest investments that you can ever do because we are only in control of ourselves. So really, it's probably one of the only ones that has a proper ROI. But ultimately, personal growth is one of those interesting things. And I was thinking about what to share on for a personal growth day. And then I was thinking about personal growth. And, and it kind of sounds like a coffee mug, doesn't it? It's like, you know, you put on a T-shirt, like, I'm at a personal growth day. You know, I, it's, it's like, it sounds nice. It sounds really pretty. It sounds really happy. Like, we're all here because we want to get better. And it's like a happy thing because when you're better, people like you, well, better, right? So personal growth is like a really lovely sounding thing, except in actual reality, personal growth, you kind of means you kind of like, we're all here admitting that we kind of stink at something, right? It's like, we're actually not that good. So it's like, hey, we're all here happy days that we're not good at something. And that's why we're here investing in personal growth. So I was thinking about like, personal growth isn't necessarily like a happy thing because it's really hard to do. I think that's why we have change rooms. You know, not because you don't want to scare people when you're out there in public trying on clothes, but also we kind of want to hide when we change because wouldn't it be nice that a personal growth day means that you come out of this day and you're like, what happened to you? It's like the next day and people are like, you're a completely changed person. I know I went to a personal growth day. I went in the change room, and then I'm changed. It's a new outfit, new clothes. And, and we all know that personal growth just doesn't happen that way. It takes a long time, and it's a challenge, and it's really uncomfortable because it takes time, and you know, it's kind of embarrassing at times. And so when I was thinking about what to share with you guys, first of all, I was very excited to be here because I did come from South Florida, but that was on Thursday because I was in Phoenix on Friday and then here. So I took two red-eye flights, and I was you know, a little little long-winded on the flying around world, but I just was like, I just can't wait to be with you guys because of who Randy is to me. And I just know that who Randy is to me, that must mean there's something special about this room. Yeah. And so I was really, really excited to be here. I, I tried to be tired. I really did. And trust me, when you're on an airplane, two red eyes in a row, you're tired just in general because like, there's just no way to sleep comfortably on a plane. Like I went and bought this really nice pillow that like, helps you sleep better. It's like $59 in the airport. I'm like, this has got to be worth it. But you know you're sitting there like, arguing with yourself, like, is this actually going to be worth it? It was not. Just I'll tell you right now, there's just no way to sleep comfortably. But I was so excited to be here and talk about personal growth with you. But most importantly, I just want to share with you guys, the journey is going to be messy. It, it really is going to be messy. It's going to be muddy. It's going to be uncomfortable. And so I thought it might be helpful to share with you guys how my journey has been a little bit messy. And then you guys can make fun of me for a little while. And, you know, I can't share too many things or else you guys wouldn't go home for another month. But I'll do a little bit. And I figured we could get some bonus points if I did an acronym. So I don't know if you guys are, like, you know, writing a review and being like, okay, he did an acronym. So that must mean he knows what he's talking about. No, it's not. It just helps me stay on track so I don't lose it. But the word messy. So we're going to go through M-E-S-S-Y tonight. And I want to share with you guys 
The first M, and we're going to start through just some of my journey of really where some of this started as an adult for me. And under my life, I was an athlete. I grew up as an athlete and, you know, kind of did all that for a while. I went up playing pro football and had big goals. And so I understand personal growth has to do with goal setting and everything like that. Um, but in pro football, what tends to happen is you don't last very long because of injury. And so that's what happened to me. I got drafted to play pro football, and then I had two back-to-back -back injuries like that. Boom, boom. And then it was like, there's your career in 30 seconds. So it's interesting, but what I found was very fascinating to me because there's this idea of goal setting that I think we really fantasize about in this world. And it's like, we got to set goals. And I understand goals are very, very important, trust me. But I think there's another layer that I want to go and touch on with you guys tonight because you guys are important. And I want to get to like the root of some of the issues. And so what I found myself doing after my football career and after my knee surgeries back to back was I found myself kind of just wandering through life. And when you wander through life, you kind of just do what everybody else is doing. And when you're a young 20-year-old kid, boy, it's not very good. It, it, I became a professional athlete, and then I became a professional beer chugger. <laughs> and and not, you know, not proud of it. But ultimately, what happened is I just kind of started doing what everybody else is doing. And my mom would always tell me, any dead fish can go with the current, but it takes a live one to go against the current. And here's what was interesting is in that season, I was going pro, I was dedicated, disciplined, having a great goal to like having that being taken away from me. And then within about six to eight months, I was like a completely different person. It was like I didn't even recognize myself anymore. I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but it's like you're living in somebody else's body. And you're watching that person fully coherent. And you're like, you're like watching yourself and you're like, what's he going to do now? Like what, what's she doing? What's happening? And you're like, Oh, he, he would never do, oh, he did that. Oh, he did that. Oh, I, I you're never going to do this, though. Oh, he's doing it. And it's like, I felt like a stranger. I was like, who is this person? Because it's such a diametrically opposed situation. And that was like an interesting thought for me. And I felt like it just like, I want my body back. I want my life back. I want that person with dedication and discipline. Where is it going? Where is it gone? And there's a saying that says, a man without a vision will perish. And obviously, that applies to female, too. And that's what had happened. I'd, I'd lost a bit of a vision. But truthfully, the pain of that was I had no idea who I was. <clears throat> so I remember um, <clears throat> one morning uh, waking up very, very late. I uh, slept with my alarm. And I was out drinking the night before. I was super late for work. And so I showed up to work. And uh, my boss sits me down. He's like, dude, what's the matter with you? This happened like twice this month. You know, you've slept through your alarm. You were out partying last night. Obviously, I can smell it on you. And then it's just like, what's going on? This is not the person that I know. I'm like, I know it's not the person that you know, because it's not the one I know either. I just don't know what's wrong. And I remember just feeling so off and so broken. And, and then there came to be like little things where I was just, you know, maybe starting to read a little bit and just kind of think about what's going on. And, and what I noticed was that I wasn't lazy. I was uninspired. I didn't know who I was, which is fascinating, because I think a lot of people can possibly relate with that idea. They just don't really know who they are. They maybe know what their goals are, but they don't know who they are as individuals, like what they truly stand for. And so that's where it started for me was I had a mentor one time, and he just said, well, have you built a life of values? Like, do you know what's truly important? Like, do you know what you stand for? I was like, what's a, what's a value? Like, what do you mean values? And he said, well, it's, it's simple. Think of it this way. If I was a, a thief, a robber, and I came up to you and I said, hey, give me your wallet and I had a gun, and I was pointing at you, and I was going to shoot you, would you give me your wallet? Some people are not nodding, so that means I'm wondering how much you guys love money around here. <laughs> Is this a rich state? 
My gosh. All right. So, so there we go. There we have it. But value is something you'd not really be willing to give up very easily as an example, right? So if you came up to me, let's use this way, and you said, hey, take your money or like, you know, give me your wallet. I'd be like, here's my wallet. Don't shoot me. There's much more to life than just money. And so that was a value of mine. It was like, hey, I want to choose life, right? But if somebody came up to you and said, hey, you know, like some of these great speakers talked about, like, give me your ability to be healthy for the rest of your life. Or give me your, your happy marriage where you actually enjoy each other for the rest of your life. Like, like give me that. Or, or give me, like, the ability to love one another and family and make a difference in our amazing countries. All of a sudden, you start thinking twice. Like, I understand you're pointing a gun at me, sir, but what you're asking is pretty steep. And so that's a value. That means it's important to you. So in order to change yourself, you have to start thinking about what's actually important to you are. In other words, how do you develop what you don't define? So I needed to define who I was so that I could develop it. So I went through a list, and I just started thinking. The first M for me was make my values. Make my values. That's the first place to start. Now, as a young man, I was raised by great parents, and they taught me the value of making my bed. Okay? Now, I understand making my bed. As a guy, you make your bed. You know, you kind of pull up the covers, and then you put pillows on it. But I'm married now, and there's a big difference between making your bed <laughs> and decorating your bed. <laughs> and I go into my room nowadays, and I go, she's like, she, and we're out shopping, and she'll come home with a new pillow, and I'm like, What is it with you girls and pillows on the bed? It's like, it's, a, it's like the bed, and now it's not making the bed. It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. Okay, I get it. <clears throat> I have 400 on my bed now, so thank you, ladies. I mean, it is pretty, but there is a limit at some point. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's right. P pillow fights. That's, uh, so that's the thing that I was, I was thinking about. Is like if, if you make our bed, we've got to start with making our values. And if you, if you make your values, you make your bed, you do it every single day. So that's how you know how to live out your life and start designing a life that you're proud of, that you're aware of. So then I started going down a list. Okay, what's really important to me? And, you know, I'm not going to do a sermon for you guys tonight, but I started thinking, hey, if I was to die tomorrow, what's going to happen? So, like, would I want a relationship with, with God or try to understand what the heck that even means? And so I was like, yeah, I think that's something I'd want to look into and, and started thinking of that as like a value. And I kind of unlocked everything else for the rest of my life. So I'm like, to me, that would be really, really important, understanding the meaning and purpose of life and what's happening after it. So I said, that's my number one value. And the number two value was like, I'd love a family one day. You know, I was 21 years old, single, and just none of that. And so I said, that's going to be another one of my values. And the third thing I put there was, was freedom, like financial, economical freedom, uh, the ability to, to gain money without having to work for it for the rest of my life, you know, be able to develop that. So I started developing some of these values. Whatever yours are, that's okay. So just write down whatever some of your values are. And just think about what that is, because, you know, that is a very interesting place to start, because when you understand, just like making your bed, it, it's, a, it's a daily discipline that kind of helps you in the trajectory of your life. And making your values is one of the first places to start. The good news is I started to feel myself start to have a little more confidence, right? Because it's kind of like you lay them out there like a personal growth day. It's like, here's my values. Here's my goals that you amazing gentlemen shared. It's like, here's what's important to me. And it feels so good, right? It's like, yes, faith is my number one value. Relation, it's like, yeah, I feel like a champion. There's just one problem, though. Now you actually have to do something about it. 
and, and there was a gap. And so I made a lot of declarations. Has anybody made declarations that you put your foot back in your mouth after a couple weeks? What I just said was important to me. Is that not actually true? You guys hear of rats before? Like, like somebody rats out their best friend? It's like a negative connotation, right? It's like, don't rat me out, man. They're like, you have a brother or a sister. Like, we hate that. But the problem is time is one of the greatest rats to our values. Because what you said you valued last year will come to fruition this year. And you'll see, did you actually value those things or not? Which I hated because I was like, duh. Because you look in the mirror and you go, dang it, it's me again. And, and so that's why time can be one of those things. So here's the problem. The second thing that I, I started thinking about was that I made these declarations particularly to my wife. And she's an amazing girl. But the problem is she was married to me. And I made a lot of declarations. In fact, I got down on one knee. And I said, baby, it's me. I'm going to promise you a future. It's so romantic, you know, the stars are in the background and you get down on a knee and you're like, if you say yes to me, girl, your life is going to be amazing. <laughs> I promise you, I'm down on this knee here and it's so great. The problem with that, though, is that she goes, okay, I trust you. We're going to have an amazing life. And then there's like, what happens? And the values that I declared, it was hard to demonstrate. It, it was just hard in, in all reality, and it was messy, and I, and I made all these promises that I just wasn't keeping. And so that, for me, was a very, like, I don't know if you guys have ever felt this. Like, you guys know what it's like to maybe be fired. I don't know if any of you guys have been fired before. It's amazing. It's a wonderful experience. My first time getting fired was by my own mother. So if anybody knows a good therapist, just let me know, and I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up after. But no, it's, no amazing. I deserved it. My mom owned a gym, and I was being a young boy, so that's just reality, she's amazing. But, but um, you know, I, I just, I, I remember the feeling of just sitting down with my wife, because here's what's interesting, is that your spouse literally knows everything you do, right? And don't do. And I can tell you, honestly, man, like one of the hardest conversations in my life is going to her and being like, you know those things I said I stood for? I know that you know that I just want you to know that I know it's not happening. And it's one thing to say it to a buddy. Like, I, I said I was going to lose some weight last year, and I totally did it. That beer was way too good. You know, it's like one thing to do that. But to do it to, like, a family, it freaking crushed me. It was tough. And it still is tough because you're living with an accountability partner. I feel like I'm living with Jesus every day. It's just like, stop watching me. Like, it's like... Because it's challenging. You're constantly challenged through it. And, and, I, and I honestly, I was like, so what do I do from here? And, 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 and the, the, the second E for me was to learn to embrace no. I, I, was, I was declaring all these values, but they weren't prioritized, and I was trying to get good at everything at one time. And there's multiple reasons for that, which I can get to a couple of them today. But one of the things for me was that the, the second E was I was saying yes to all my values, and the problem was I wasn't good at any of them. And how many guys have put too many on their plate before and kind of just been like, when you start multitasking or doing too many things at once, like you just aren't good at all of them? Which is bothersome for you like type A people out there because you're like, hey, there's no way I said it. That's going to happen. I can do it all. No, I couldn't. So I had to learn to embrace the no. I remember going to a, 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 an event one time. Uh, we had this uh, kind of leadership gathering. It was uh, at Gull Lake in the middle of nowhere in Canada with some leaders, and uh, we were up there, and, and, uh, and I remember um, 
it was, it was fun. We did like baseball games and you know different fun events and everything like that. And uh, I remember like going up to this guy who developed amazing wealth in his you know early 30s, and uh, he had a great marriage too. So not just wealth of finances, but I asked him. I said, so like, how do you do it? Because I started comparing myself. You know what I mean? Like, if you can do all this, like, how come I feel like I can't? And 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 he asked me. He's like, so have you ever thought of like prioritizing your values, like putting them in order of importance, and like putting that in your calendar? And I was like. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I, can I do all of it, though? And, and he said, no, you got you to prioritize your values because what knowing your values allows you to do is simplify, on average, 60,000 thoughts that you have going through your mind. I researched this again today. The average individual in North America, or probably the world, I would assume, has over 60,000 thoughts a day. So coming out of a personal growth day, that's why it's like the chance of you changing everything in one day is just not possible. But what I learned is defining my values, making my values, allowed me to just simply be able to say yes and no. Like, did this action lead to the, the yes of my values, or did this action lead it away? Right? Health, faith, relationships, would this action say yes or no? So it just allowed me to simplify some things. But then the prioritizing allowed me to really see that life is noisy. And you can't wait for the noise to go down, but you can decide what things to turn down. You know what I'm saying? How many of you guys have been like putting things off till life gets easier? All the above? Absolutely. Because that's the easiest thing to do is procrastinate. Because procrastination is amazing. Because you know why I love procrastinating? Because I didn't say no. Right? Who's a procrastinator? It's like you're saying, I'm not going to lose weight, or I'm not going to apologize. What you're saying is, oh, I'm definitely going to do it. Eventually. Eventually. And that's what we're talking about, right? So learning to say no is a very powerful thing. And I was not good at that, but that's where it started helping me. I got to be able to say yes to certain things and no, which means some things are, there's an amazing book out there that's called Good to Great, because some things that you say no to are actually pretty darn good, but it's not great. And we only have one life, so we only have one chance to, to do it well and to be it great. And so... That's an interesting thought that came into this whole journey of learning to not just make my values, but then say no so that I could actually get things done and start making progress. How do you know what to prioritize? Here's very simply what he said to me. What's going to give you the greatest return the fastest? What's the number one thing you need to develop that's going to help you develop everything else? And so for me, it was my faith in my business. Because what it, what it allowed us to do was for us to be able to build our relationship together because ultimately we couldn't do anything without our faith anyways. So it, it allowed us to put those two things together. Okay? So whatever yours is, but simply sit down and think about this and go, um, what's going to give me the greatest return the fastest? Don't throw out your other values, but just as like understand that we have a lifetime of change. And as an ambitious person, that's hard for a lot of people. Give time, time but prioritize the things that you can do now. Okay, how you guys doing? Doing all right? Okay, now how many of you guys like 4th of July? 4th of July, right, okay. So 4th of July is, is, is an amazing celebration. Anybody seen the big firework displays of 4th of July? Right, I, I mean around here with New York right down the road. Right here at this winery? You do fireworks here, Randy? What? How did I not know about this? You owe me an apology. 
The 4th of July is an amazing firework display. And I remember years ago, we, we had a family reunion. And uh, we went kind of camping as a family. We all went out and this little tiny little farmhouse that all it had was like a kitchen and like a place to play ping pong and stuff like that. And then uh, outside was just like, you know, baseball diamonds and everything else. So my brother and I thought it'd be a great idea to go to the gas station and get some fireworks because we're in the middle of nowhere and we would miss Randy's firework display. <laughs> and so we went out and we got some fireworks and, it, you know, we went and set them all up and waited for it to get dark. And, we gathered all the family around and like, you know, lots of us all gathered around. My brother and I went out and got our little torches and we started lighting these fireworks. And we were all jacked up for this massive 4th of July celebration. It was going to be great because we anticipated a 4th of July firework celebration. And we kind of had hyped ourselves up maybe a little bit for it. And so we lit them all off and I'm like lighting it, he's lighting it. And then by the time we get done and then we like go to like stand up and watch it, it was all done already. And I was like... Looking like, I was, did, did they go off already? And I, I was looking at my brother and I was like, oh man, this is not good. Because what I expected to be this amazing display in front of my entire family turned into like, basically like a sparkler on top of a birthday cake. <laughs> you ever done that before? Bought some fireworks only to be like, this is actually pretty lame. And see, I'm just going to go to Randy's. That's, just, that's, that's what's going to go happen. <laughs> so that was a big part of it was like, because here's the thing, like, I expected the 4th of July celebration. Like, here's, again, one of my faults is I expect things to happen big. As, a, as an ambitious person that you guys are being in this room, I expected big. I expect a firework display coming out of personal growth events. The big things to happen, the big changes, like basically the movies. Like I wake up tomorrow morning and all of a sudden I got stung by a, or bitten by a spider. And then I'm Spider-Man. Wouldn't that be amazing on how personal growth actually worked? This is why I think I had problems, because I liked Spider-Man growing up. So when I became an adult and someone said, hey, in order to develop, it's going to take you years. So I was like, nah, it takes a spider. That's it. Just boop, done, changed. And it's not how it actually works. And so I always expected big. And my, my third letter for you, the first S, is small matters. Small matters. Small is OK, not spiders. No, they get stepped on. <laughs> small matters. Small is actually okay and actually the point. As an example, I'm married. I shared that with you guys already. But my wife uh, has a way with words. Uh, she's, she has a lot of them. Let's check it over here and see if they're behaving. They're like, no, it's good, it's good. Good job, Goy. Yeah, it's right. So my wife has a lot of words. And, and, you know, I don't mind listening to her, but my wife, you know, will come up to me and just start sharing with me, right? And now as a guy, I don't know if you guys can, you know, be with me for a minute on this one, that when your wife starts sharing things with you and she has a lot of words, is that not an immediate, like, you go, in my mind, oh, that means you need my help. And you need my advice, right? That's, that's what that means, right? Yeah, so as soon as your wife is giving you all the words, you're now supposed to fix her as soon as she's done speaking, right? Why are the ladies laughing? Yeah, right? So that was for me. It was like, I was just assumed. So when my wife is done talking, I'm like, all right, so here's what you need to do. One day she pulled a knife out. And she's, no, she didn't actually do that. She said, no, she didn't do that. She actually did not do that, but would that be hilarious? Basically, she did. She just looked at me, and she's just like, I don't, she, she's like an amazing girl. I still remember, I still remember this, because we're like, f first year in marriage, probably. I'm driving the car, and she literally like, she's a 
amazing girl. She says, don't effing try to fix me, but not the, like, the, like I cut it out for you, Randy, so you don't have to, <laughs> right? And, and I was just driving, and I was like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about as a husband? If you don't make any subtle movements, you might, might kind of disappear a little bit. So I figured, because my, my wife is so kind and soft and gentle and just an amazing woman, but she's just like, don't effing try to fix me. And I was just like, okay, that was not like, you know, where did you go? Like, what happened? And, and I was just sitting there, and then, she, and then finally after a while, she just kind of shared with me, and she's just like, I don't need you to fix me. And I was just like, well, then why are you saying all these things? Like, why, are you, why are you telling me all these things? And so then it kind of dawned on me that, you know, in those moments, the small was okay to simply be just be like, instead of trying to fix everything, just go like, just a small little question probably actually saved my life, to be honest with you. That's probably why I'm here today. No knives or yelling anymore. You know, maybe some yelling, but just, you know, a little bit different. But, but I just learned a little small question at the end of our conversations, which is, what do you need from me? How can I help? And that little sentence seems pretty small, but in our relationship made a big difference. Because sometimes she just says, I just need you to listen to me, which as a man, I have no idea why that's, the, you know, doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you use all these words and not fix anything? But that's what you said you need, so I'll just listen. Sometimes she said, I need a hug. I like that one. That's nice. And then sometimes she says, I need your advice. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Small's pretty good. Small can matter. Small makes a difference. And so, guys, when you're living your life trying to get better, it's the small little things. You know, if you're trying to eat healthy, it's the decision to say, no, I'm, uh, this is just not who I am. I'm, I'm making a small little decision. And, and over my life, I've learned that small matters. It's okay. It's, it, it, these things will turn. It's like a Titanic. Just hopefully it turns fast enough this time. And it's going to take you a while, but if you don't quit, it's a lifetime of happiness. It's a lifetime of growth. So small matters. Now, the thing about personal growth is really interesting. Is so far when I was studying this stuff and I was looking at it and I was thinking like, okay, so my journey... Here's what I, I've come to realize about myself is I also worry a lot. I don't know if any of you guys in this room worry, but I worry, and that's probably where some of my ambition comes. So there's also a good and a bad to things. But for me, it was a little bit of like, I, I, would, I, would, I would always think about, I got to do all these things, like live by my values, make small good decisions, be super accountable, and it kind of sounds exhausting sometimes. And, and, and to be honest with you, the question that's haunted me for the rest, for, for my life, but to this moment here that I'm still working on, is can I really actually do it? Like, here's the life that I envision, which you guys did a great job sharing that. And I envision it, and I, I see it clearly. But then the, the little voice in my head sometimes say, well, can you actually do it, though? Like, can you actually learn to bite your tongue when your spouse is angry or whatever and, and soften? And can you actually go through the sanctification process, the developmental process? And, and that's been a painful thought. And I think for a lot of men, we struggle with that because we are wanting to make you look you know, happy with us, you know, especially if we're in a relationship or if you're like single and you're trying to figure, the process is often the most challenging and that's where the most doubt can be blossomed in that situation. So what I, what I learned in, in, in this situation is I just have learned guys that I cannot do it on my own. And now here's the problem. My, my, in case you're wondering, the, the fourth S is seek help. A fourth S, fourth, fourth letter. I am learning to spell. My seven-year-old is teaching me. You can thank her after. <laughs> Seek help. Now, the problem is women are like, I don't even need to write that note down, idiot. You know? Guys are like, what did you say to me? 
We need to seek help. You guys understand the word mentorship? You guys ever heard that word before? Okay. There's a reason why it's mentorship. Because it's not womentorship, because womentorship love that kind of stuff. But men need it a lot. But here's the thing. I was trying to think about, like, well, how do I make this, like, for me? Because it's hard, to be honest with you. I'm, like, the most coachable, uncoachable person ever. I don't know if you can relate with me. But it's just, like, I, I really appreciate getting feedback, but I actually hate it at the same time, which is hilarious to me. Because it's, like, I remember asking my coach one time some questions. And then he sends me back a message because I asked him for help. And he gets back to me and he goes, here's what you should do. And I was just, like, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. And I was, like, upset about it. I asked the question, just so you know, yeah. So I asked the question, and then I was like, where is this coming from? Because I like the words I know. Like most guys, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. We value the knowledge, but we don't value the partnership. We value, and my dad would always say, to know and not to do is obviously not to know. And so that's where, for, for me, I just realized, I'm not going to make it out of this alive. Uh, just really, to be honest with you, I'm just not going to be able to do it on my own. So then to wrap that up, essentially I learned the value of being okay not being okay. Because, you know, we're, we're in a country that, you know, if you ask somebody how they're doing, they're supposed to say, okay, I'm good, I'm fine, everything's all good. When actual reality, if you value personal growth, it means you value vulnerability. Because at some point with some people in your life, there's always something you're working on. So think of it this way. Anybody move recently? Right? I just moved recently, and I was texting everybody I knew. It's like, can anybody come over, please? Because the thought, here's one thing I know. If you moved recently, you never thought, you know what? I'm going to do it on my own. Right? Even guys are like, yeah, that'd be stupid. So I'm going to invite all my friends over, and I'm going to try to get them food and everything else because I don't want to do their own. Right? right? Nobody wants to move on their own. So can we consider that that's actually applicable in our growth as well? It is that when we're growing and trying to get better, it's not about knowing. It's about partnership. Who is partnering you with you in your life? Who's helping you move the couch? Who's helping you move towards a better marriage? My dad said, show me your mentor and I'll show you your future. It's not because you don't know all the knowledge. It's most likely because you know the knowledge, but you're beating yourself up because you're not doing it, and you just need to be around people that are helping you. Seeking help, in other words, is wise. It's not weakness. If you want to go to the next level, it is an impossibility to go all the way without help. That is why if you look at the NFL, there's not a single championship team that did it without a coach. And so your championship team is in your own home. Who's your coach? Find them. Work with them. And that's going to make a big difference because what I've learned from me is I kind of mess things up. I'm good at that. Wish I wasn't. But I just don't quit, and I have people around me that continue to encourage me to move forward. So I'd have you just consider yourself, you know? It's not that you don't know the answer. Of course you probably know the answer. I'm not asking you because I don't know the answer. I'm asking you because I want to hear your answer too, because your answer plus my good answer can equal a better answer. And it's also just sometimes it's good to know, like just the, the, the story you share, Matt, where just the guy came and gave you a hug. That's exact, and you did an amazing, I'm, not even, I'm deleting all my notes because that was fantastic. Because just, just a, yeah, absolutely. It's an amazing job. Because just the power of a hug sometimes from another dude is like, that's all I needed. That's all the mentorship I actually needed. To go back and apologize to my wife. To go back and, you know, get my life back on track, my faith walk back on track. That's all I needed. It's not always words. But it is partnership. And partnership 
has, has allowed me to get this far and will continue to take me to the next step. So I'd encourage you to consider that. Now, as we're wrapping up here, I want to just share something about personal growth that's been an ongoing lesson for me. So far, you guys all right, though? You guys doing okay? Okay. So one of the things that was really interesting is at the beginning of this year, I went to a conference called IMC. It's by a guy named John Maxwell. If you don't know who he is, just look in your family tree. He's probably your grandfather. It's just probably the reality. He's, he's, a, he's the grandfather of basically leadership in, in America, for sure, and is an amazing man of character. And I was there. And uh, we get in small, small groups. It's, it's a, you know, basically sit down and develop leadership and everything like that. And uh, at our table was, a, was, a, was, you know, about eight people or so at the tables. And uh, we got asked to share and do like a little bit of a, a miniature keynote presentation. Okay, and now, you know, everyone's kind of talking and doing their own thing. And everybody would kind of stand up and do their own thing. And it was, it was nice. You get to hear people's story and how they share and how they communicate and how they speak. And then this man stands up and starts sharing his story in a technique that I'd never seen before. Uh, you guys might have seen it. It's called the grizzly bear technique. You ever heard the grizzly bear technique as a, as a public speaker? Okay, he was like this. He was like... <laughs> and he starts sharing like this. And I was like, Randy, what happened to you, man? And he's doing the grizzly bear technique. He's like, And he was so fired up. I was excited. And I was like, what is happening to the inside of my body? It's wanting to come outside. <laughs> And, and I was like, this guy is incredibly electrifying. Like, it's, it's amazing. And I've had so much fun talking to you guys today because so many of you guys have said the same thing. They're like, man, there's something going on here. And I'm like, yeah, I felt that with Randy at the table. That's why I wanted to come here and do everything I could to be here because of the impact that Randy has had in your lives and mine. And so I was thinking about personal growth for a minute. You know what's interesting about personal growth? Two things. Number one, you're never actually going to get the goal you want. You're not going to cross the finish line. So it's like if your goal is to be a great husband, did you know that you never actually get there? Because as soon as you cross that line, you're probably dead. <laughs> right? Because it's not like you can be like, go to your wife and be like, hey, remember five years ago I became that good husband we were talking about me becoming? It just doesn't work that way. It's like a forever thing. So I was thinking, like, it's kind of funny we talk about personal growth goals because you never actually know you reach them. Because you'll be dead. Somebody else will know, your second generation, which leads me to think about the most important part about why do we even do this anyways? And what's personal growth really actually for? You know what I learned? This could be crazy, but personal growth is actually not about personal. Is it possible that personal growth is actually what Randy did with me? Is that when, when, when you do something special, and you act as a person of character, as a person of values that's willing to discipline themselves and grow themselves, that it's the next generation that gets impacted more than just you. Because is the purpose of my life to be the best I can be? I think the purpose of life is to live a life on purpose, but really at the end of the day, it's not about me, is it? I mean, that's a pretty miserable life if I'm amazing, but my family's miserable. So I was thinking about growth and, and, and the end result, and I went, personal growth, if you look at the letter Y in messy, it stands for you can make a difference. It stands for you can make a difference. You know what Randy shared at our small group? He had a couple of minutes to share with complete strangers. He could have shared on anything. He could have shared on this amazing winery. He could have shared on his successful background. You know what he shared about? He shared about his mom. He shared about Sandy. 
And he, and he shared about how she had made such a difference in his life that I thought, you know what? There's more to this whole growth thing than just me having a good life because Sandy's mom made an impact on Randy and Randy's making an impact on you. So Randy, I made you a shirt. And so, you can feel free to come get it if you want, brother. But your wife was in on it, so don't get mad at her for lying to you. But the difference your mom made is now on this shirt. There you go, buddy. Thank you, Tiffany, for that. Guys, your discipline could be somebody else's deliverance. Why do we discipline ourselves in our flesh, in our life? Why do we not give up, even though maybe it's been 20, 30 years and you haven't done it yet? Your discipline could make a difference to your kids, to your grandkids. You're not dead yet, so don't be done yet. <laughs> and I just want you guys to know that you can make a difference. Perhaps the reason why we work so hard and learn from these great speakers is because not what can happen to us, but what can happen through us. So I want you to think about that, okay? All right. Now I'm done, but I wanted to do something a little bit interesting. I wanted to give you guys my personal cell phone number in case there's anything I could do for you. Okay? So if you want to take out your pen, my number is 772-341-7645. And that is my personal phone number. And if you ever need anything from me, call me. Anything I can do for you, let me know. Have a great rest of your night, guys. God bless. Love you all.